All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Saturday night as I'm recording this. A little bit delayed after the end of the Nuggets-Knicks game that went very much in the favor of your Denver Nuggets. Final score, 113-99. Denver did really well. They were excellent in this one. Nikola Jokic absolutely delivered in a situation where he had to. Uh, After losing that game against the Orlando Magic, I made sure to tell people, look, it's going to be okay. Uh, There's a big difference when Nikola Jokic is playing well versus when he is playing not well. And I think you could see that with this entire team today. It was that plus the three-point shooting. Uh, The Nuggets... Score 113-99. to 99. They get the Munder. Pace of the game was slow, so it's not like the defense was anything spectacular. Uh, I will say that the Knicks playing their starters and Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, 35 and 36 minutes in this game, pretty absurd given what Denver was doing and where they were at. Uh, Julius Randle played a lot of minutes and probably shouldn't have, but that's that kind of artificially raise the actual score. But the offense was great. Denver's defense was meh. It was fine. Average. Maybe slightly below. Uh, But the offense was fantastic. And you have to start with the Joker himself, Nikola Jokic. 32 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists on 14 of 19 from the field. That is incredible in and of itself. 3 of 7 from 3. One of one from the line. Only got to the free throw line one time, but this was a very physical game. He didn't get the benefit of a lot of calls. Uh, Mitchell Robinson finishes with just two fouls, and Nerlens Noel finishes with zero. Julius Randle with one. Jokic was fantastic, though. He didn't need the fouls in order to get where he wanted to go. He was absolutely dominant. And one of the things that I liked from him in this game was he came out and he set the tone early. He was very physical, absolutely dominant, and he made a point of tiring out Mitchell Robinson physically. That was one of the things that you can really see on the broadcast was just how much he's bodying the younger player. And Robinson is more of a stick figure than than Jokic, though he has filled out his frame for sure. Jokic, despite the fact that he is uh, like slimmed down, He's still much stronger than Robinson, much bigger in general. Robinson's very good. He's a very capable starting center, but Jokic ate him for breakfast. And it really was a breakfast because of how early this game was. Um, Shot 11 of 12 from two-point range. Was nearly perfect in this game inside the arc. No-look passes, offensive rebounds, post moves, really set the table for this Nuggets team. And because of that, the rest of the starting lineup, they didn't have to do too much. It was just about getting Jokic the ball in the right places, making sure that he was delivering. And they were able to feed off of that pretty consistently today. Uh, Eventually, the outside shots started to drop too. And it took a little bit, but at the end of the game, or by the end of the time that Jokic was in there, he was dribbling into three-pointers. He was very comfortable, just felt like he was in a great rhythm. And that's what you want to see. You want to see your guy doing what he can to set the tone. When he has the capability of being the best player in the NBA, you want him to bounce back from games like he had against Orlando, where 
Yeah, he had 18 points, 15 rebounds, 7 assists. But it wasn't the same. It just wasn't as dominant, as impactful as it was today. I think Michael Malone could say that. I think Jokic could say that. He he knew. He understood. He knew what was at stake for the Nuggets in this case. Denver as a team, they play completely differently when Jokic is engaged and effective. And I think you see that residual effect with the rest of the starting lineup too, where they don't necessarily have to do everything, but they were all mostly solid. Aaron Gordon, he did get into foul trouble. Two of four from the field though, one of one from three. Scored five points. And then he was actually kind of removed from play in the third quarter because he picked up his fourth foul very early in the third quarter. More on that later. But he had three steals and a block. Made his only three, like I said. Uh, This is a performance where you don't want to read too much into it because sometimes guys just have bad games. This was a bad game from Aaron Gordon, but he still managed to do a bunch of different things where he's helping out. He's making sure that R.J. Barrett isn't going off, who had 13 points on 13 shots. Evan Fournier's 15 points on 14 shots. Alec Burks was defended by Monte Morris for most of the night, but he, he did pretty well. But anytime that Aaron Gordon was switched on to Julius Randle, feel pretty good about that too. So not really concerned about it in any way, shape, or form. He will bounce back. Uh, will Barton got up nine threes tonight. Only made three of them, but I think... One of the things that stands out with him is that Faku's become much more of a driver, much more of a get-to-the-basket guy with that second unit. Barton is kind of that guy when he's with the first unit, although they just use a lot of Jokic actions where he is getting to the rim. He's having others cut off of him as, as well. But Barton has not been driving to the rim as much lately. But one of the things that he did really well tonight was he, he set guys up really well. Six assists, took nine threes, made sure to kind of probe from the perimeter and and do everything that everything that he could to set the table while not like selling out his body. It was really good. It was a good performance for Will. 13 points, six assists, zero or six rebounds, zero turnovers. It's plus six in a 14-point win where the bench did really well, but also kind of had some moments where they they fell back to earth. Uh, he was very good. I, I I have no complaints about Will Barton tonight. I think that there are times where he could take it to the rack a little bit stronger, but I'm not really concerned either. He's going to be fine. Jeff Green, solid once again. There are some times where Jeff Green kind of bothers me from a uh, a details standpoint where he may not close out all the way on a guy. He may not throw the right entry pass. Overall, though, the product is still very, very good. Now just listen to the stat line. 11 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks. Filling it up. 11 points on 7 shots, hit 1 of 2 from 3. 3-point percentage has really, really bounced back with him. Uh, I, I don't know the number offhand right now, but if I had to guess, I would say he's shooting over 40% since moving into the starting lineup. That would be my biggest guess now because he just seems like he's very comfortable. He seems like he's fitting in perfectly with this group. And the numbers bear that out, of course. But it's just nice to see that you don't have to stress as much while Porter is gone and Murray is gone and 
Dozier's gone. And there are, there are different problems, and you, you have certain uh, firepower concerns when a, a great defense is facing you down. But against the New York Knicks, the Knicks had nothing. They had no answers for what Denver was doing. The only answer that they had, a couple offensive foul calls, a couple travel calls, and just praying that Denver didn't make their shots. They did, though. They really did. And Monte Morris, before we go to break here, nine points, four of eight from the field, nine assists, zero turnovers, very workmanlike, only 26 minutes, didn't have to do too much, also didn't force too much. It's just the proper amount of Monte where he's doing his best to make his imprint on the game, but not necessarily doing too much. And do I think that he needs to play better defense at times? Sure. Like I definitely think that there are there are certain things you can nitpick with this group. But the fact is, is that this group, they were very good in this game. The plus minus doesn't necessarily bear that out fully, but they were very, very good in the minutes that mattered. And I like seeing that with this group because they needed a feel-good win after what was a feel-bad loss. But they know how to turn the page. They know how to turn it around. And very workmanlike, understanding what was needing to be done. And though there are a couple times where the mid-range wasn't falling for Monte, he hit a three. He set others up, made sure he did exactly what the team needed at the right time. So credit to him, knows what he's doing. That's really important. Let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Zeke Naji, Davon Reed, and the bench. But first, Football fans, I know we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game, but with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also get skin in the game with the new Same Game Parlays feature, where you can combine new bets, multiple bets, from the same game for a bigger payout. I know that I've done it in the past, and I continue to make money because when you get that parlay to hit, it only takes one night. It only takes one magical night for all of the legs of your parlay to go, and then the more money you win. DraftKings, they are safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So make sure to download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet $1. You can win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code MHS. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Let's talk about the big story of the night, which wasn't Nikola Jokic, despite the fact that he was fantastic. It wasn't the fact that the Nuggets won big. It was the reason why, and that was Zeke Naji, who in 34 minutes was a plus 22. At one point, he was a plus 33. And the biggest reason why, there are two of them, but the biggest reason why 
is that dude is shooting the shit out of the ball right now. He is fantastic as a shooter. And when he's given space to fire, I feel like it's going in every single time. And it's great to see. It's great to see him developing that confidence after in summer league, he couldn't hit anything. He was just awful in summer league. But it just goes to show that when you get into a good rhythm, when you understand what's asked of you, when you try not to do too much and you just simplify what is being asked, when you see that you are a good three-point shooter and you are given plenty of space to process that you're supposed to take a shot and then raise up and fire in your very repeatable shooting motion like his is, they're going to be just fine. You're going to make a lot of baskets. And he was great. Career high tonight, 21 points, 5 of 9 from 3. Could have made more. I thought that he kind of had to fire up a couple late in this game uh, towards the end of a shot clock, but wasn't being set up by Jokic in those times and looked a little bit different at those points, but was very, very good. He is one of now five nuggets to make four or more threes in a single game. You've got Will Barton, who's done it six times. You've got Bones Highland, who's done it twice. Those are the only two that have done it multiple times. And then you've got Faku Composo and PJ Dozier. And PJ's obviously out. Faku, it was a magical night when he shot those four in when he was playing Chicago. Chicago's coming up again, so maybe we'll get to see it once more. Uh, but I just don't think that that is going to happen that many times. And Denver without Murray, without... Porter with Jokic kind of being more of an interior scorer, somebody who's not taking as many threes in general. Uh, Najee's one of those guys that I think really stands out as a guy who could fill that void from an outside shooting perspective. And he's been such a great shooter for the limited minutes that he's had that it's nice that a small sample size elite shooter is now translating it to a great shooting performance in larger minutes, in more minutes. 34 minutes tonight, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I think that's a career high. But he was great on both ends of the floor. Eight rebounds as well, two steals. Switchable did a great job switching onto New York guards in a lot of cases. His game is very scalable. And what I mean by that is that whether he's playing 10 minutes or whether he's playing 25 minutes, or if he's playing 40 minutes, you know what you're going to get from him. You understand that he's a six foot nine, six foot ten, three-point shooter who, when he's going to be open, he's going to fire. And he's not going to do a bunch with the ball in his hands, but he is going to defend his ass off. And tonight he also added the rebounding aspect to it too. And that is such a big deal for him because he's been pretty soft on the glass at times. But him flying in, grabbing eight rebounds, including two offensive, fighting for position, switching on to smaller players, and then taking advantage of them, that is a big deal because it shows growth. It shows that he is progressing. And I do think that he's a better player than where he was at Summer League or last year. And it's not surprising because he's 20 years old. He's going to improve. So it's very cool. I'm glad to see it. Uh, I said after last podcast that I thought he needed to play more, and I think that's borne out in this way. Faku Gambazo also 
played pretty well, I thought. Uh, there were a couple times where Michael Malone was a little bit frustrated with the decision-making, but eight points on eight shots, two of five from three, four assists, three turnovers, was a plus nine on the night. He set the tone in a positive way. He did a lot of good things. He pressured, got into the paint, did some – like there was there was one uh, scoop shot layup that he had that didn't even hit the rim. Uh, he tried to bank it off the glass and it banked off the glass and then it didn't come close to even touching the rim. So it is what it is. He's going to have moments like that and he's trying to compensate for being as small as he is. But I thought that he had a good game. I don't want to kind of take away from that. I thought that he was one of the players that set the table really well. And Davon Reed would uh, pass the ball along and Jeff Jermichael Green did it as well. Will Barton, same thing. But Faka was setting the table a lot, and I think that he deserves a lot of credit for that. Jermichael Green, as I said, also did some other good things, still struggling with his shot, one of five from three. I will. I do want to compliment him on a post move that he made. Got the ball down low on the left block in a mismatch against Emmanuel Quigley, Quigley, excuse me. And I thought that he played really well in that. Got to a, a nice position in the middle. Nice little jump hook. Uh, looked very comfortable doing it. I wonder if there are ways for him to take advantage of mismatches a little bit better. I definitely don't like him posting up centers. Don't even really like him posting up power forwards and maybe even small forwards. But Denver runs an offense in such a way that they can generate switches with the driving guards that they have. So I wonder if there are times where... Rather than having Bones or Faku or Will Barton go with those mismatches and then having Jeff or Jermichael Green space out to the corner or at the top of the key, maybe the best thing is to have them uh, throw the ball into Jermichael on the interior or at least use that mismatch as a threat and then rotate the ball around to an open shooter. There are ways to do it. And I think that taking advantage of that might be better than relying on him from three right now because, let's face it, he's been really bad from three. I don't know when that's going to turn around, but it just doesn't feel like it's anytime soon. So I do want to give him credit. Three rebounds in 18 minutes, three assists, one steal, two blocks. Uh, The three rebounds don't sound like a lot. Uh, They're not really, but he was competing with rebounds with Will Barton, Zeke Naji, etc., and Denver won the rebounding battle anyway, so I'm not really concerned about rebounding numbers. Uh, he did what he had to do, and I thought he rotated well. And lastly, Davon Reed made his debut tonight. He did not disappoint. I was really impressed with Davon Reed and have been impressed for a while. Uh, 24 minutes off the bench, so they went to him really quickly. It did help that they were in a blowout, so they got to play him a lot of minutes. Um but 24 minutes, nine points, all on threes. Three of four from the field, missed his only two-pointer, but went three of three from the three-point line. Also had four assists, two steals, one block, only one turnover, just fills it up in a lot of different ways. And if you're paying attention to his G League stats, he was averaging about 15 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. He's a guy that does a little bit of everything and does a lot of bit of everything, actually. Um, so I, I like that about him. I like that about his game. I do think that he is somebody that when he picks and chooses his spots, 
he can shoot with confidence. He doesn't necessarily have to carry the load, but if he's taking an average number of shots as opposed to an above average number, he should be fine on most nights. Just fills in really, really well. Also did a great job defensively. Got the defensive player of the game chain tonight. And there were a lot of good uh, today, actually. There were a lot of candidates for that, and I think you could have given it to a lot of different guys, but he definitely deserved it because he matched up with Derrick Rose, and Derrick Rose had 11 points on 10 shots and had four assists, but also four turnovers. It wasn't all him on Derrick Rose, but he switched and did a lot of different things, and the defense wasn't compromised when he was out there. He definitely wasn't a problem. He was hustling. He was doing everything that you want him to do, rotating well, contesting well. It's all you can really ask for from somebody that got in town yesterday. So really like what I saw. Really think that he's a good player. I'm going to talk about him a little bit more in the next segment. When we come back, we're going to talk about the power of wings, wing players, shooting guards, small forwards, maybe some power forwards. We'll be right back. Pickaxe and Roll, Ryan Blackman here, final segment. Let's talk about Davon Reed. Let's talk about the wing players on Denver's roster, why they matter so much. Uh, Davon Reed, first of all, he's on a 10-day contract, and I know it's difficult for people to understand with this, but let me explain. The Nuggets have access to what is called the hardship exception. The hardship exception, excuse me. And what they use that for or the reason why they have it is because of all the injuries, because they have so many players that are out right now. They have six guys that currently can't play, three of them in health and safety protocols, three of them are out for the season. Because they have a certain number of players that are out, and then they have two other guys that are on two-way contracts that, like technically they only have nine full-time roster players that are available, they have access to this hardship exception, which is in the form of 10-day contracts that as long as they continue to apply for it, uh, if they don't have access to their actual on-roster players, then they're going to continue to get it. So Dave on Reed is going to be on the roster here for a little bit, but it's going to be temporary because once the other guys come back, then it's more than likely that he will go back down. And it's going to be a very short opportunity, and he'll probably be up here for the rest of the road trip or so, but after that, you're going to get back Bones, you're going to get back um, Austin Rivers, you're going to get back Bull Bull, and those guys, they're full-time roster guys, so that's going to take precedence, and then Davon Reed will go away. Um, but I hope he doesn't. I hope that he is here to stay, because it's taken a while for him to get on this roster, but I really liked what I saw from him in Summer League. Just seems like a player who, like I talked about in the second segment, just does a little bit of everything. And that's what wings do. That's what good wings do, where you need them to fill in in a variety of different ways, different gaps, uh, whether it's playmaking, whether it's scoring, whether it's defense, rebounding. A good wing player will do everything they can to surround the pick and roll 
on both sides and kind of impact the game in the way that they can as a complementary player. There are some wings that are more than complementary players, but those are usually your stars. Those are usually really high-quality players. Denver, with the way that they've built their roster, they have Jamal Murray, they have Nikola Jokic, and most of the time, that's going to be enough. And you can just kind of cycle a bunch of different guys. But Denver's found that the best options are guys like Aaron Gordon, who have positional versatility, who have defense, who have physicality. And then also guys like Michael Porter, who have outside shooting, who can score inside and outside, who can take a little bit of the burden away. And then guys like Will Barton, too, who, like like Aaron Gordon, does a little bit of everything, but is more geared on the offensive end, can space the floor, can pass the ball, can rebound as well. Players like that are always going to unlock different lineups. They may not look the same in different situations, but if you put them into the right situation, great wings take a lineup from good to great. AG's presence unlocks Michael Porter in so many ways when healthy, because when Aaron Gordon is out there, he plays the defensive role, does a little bit of rebounding. Porter doesn't have to focus on that. He can instead focus on the offensive end, on shooting, on scoring. And then on switching on defense when necessary, but it's it's a lot less necessary because Aaron Gordon's out there. So, while Michael Porter is out, Jeff Green is in. Jeff Green is versatile enough that he can make it work too, and Aaron Gordon will Barton to fill in the gaps. But with P.J. Dozier out, the bench has kind of been really hamstrung here. Austin Rivers, Will Barton, they aren't big enough to switch a ton, and so when you P.J. Dozier on power forwards, you you don't feel great about it, but you feel a lot better sometimes than putting in a bad player that's just bigger because they're going to be able to be more situations where Dozier can impact the game. And Najee isn't that. Like Najee's a, a legit good player, but while he was out with an ankle injury, there was a reason why Denver didn't go to Bull Bull or Peter Cornelie was They believed in the ability of P.J. Dozier as a wing to switch up and down lineups, make life easier for the rest of the team. Davon Reed can do that too, or at least he makes sense in that role. Just a 3 and D guard, 3 and D forward, who can play the two. He can do a little bit of ball handling, do a little bit of playmaking, can play the three, hit outside shots on the wing that are created by Jokic and Faku and bones when he comes back and others like that. Could probably even slide him to the four. Defend some bigger bodies, like especially if the opposing team doesn't have like Anthony Davis. If they have Otto Porter, if it's the Golden State Warriors, you might want a guy like Davon Reed out there. Maybe it's uh, the Phoenix Suns and Aaron Gordon isn't out there, but you don't necessarily want to put Jeff Green or Jamichael Green out there because they can't necessarily keep up with some of the rotations. So you put Davon Reed out there, you switch it, you switch everything, and there's nobody on the Suns that you really fear in that situation. There's a lot of reasons why Davon Reed makes sense, and one of the reasons was tonight, or today, where he switched in and guarded Derrick Rose for a lot of the game. He was guarding the opposing point guard, 
and it allowed Faku to chase around Emmanuel Quigley. It allowed Will Barton to kind of hide on Quentin Grimes for a little bit. He didn't have to get a, go to as much effort, and he could instead focus on the offensive end. That's really important. Having that flexibility, that versatility, the ability to do a little bit of everything, to fill in the gaps, do the hard work, so it makes the stars better. It makes the stars on your team like you even more because you're willing to go to those lengths. And I think that Davon Reed is willing. I think that he's a guy that can really do that. The fact is, on the full-time roster, Denver doesn't have enough wings. They're all point guards, and you've got Will Barton. You've got a bunch of power forwards. And you've got Jokic. That's a pretty easy way to categorize everything right now. P.J. Dozier's not there. Uh, they used to have Gary Harris. Could kind of categorize him as a shooting guard-sized point guard. Or no, a point guard-sized shooting guard, excuse me. But Denver doesn't really have that flexibility as much as they used to. Aaron Gordon gives them a little bit of that. Not quite the level of shooter that you would want, but gives them something. Zeke Naji gives them a little bit of something. Probably don't want him to guard a whole bunch of point guards and shooting guards, but he can switch onto them at a pinch, so maybe there's something there. Those guys are a little bit bigger. I want to see a guy like Davon Reed, somebody who's 6'5", 6'6", shoots the ball well, makes his reads and doesn't screw up, and then is going to bust his ass on defense. It ties the entire group together so that as long as everybody's doing their job, Davon Reed's a guy that can pick up for any mistakes that are out there. Or you need a, a quick pass, you need a quick three-point attempt, you need a tough rebound, you need somebody who can get a stop. He's somebody that can do that. And because of that, I hope they find a way to give him a roster spot at some point. I think he's a guy that with the way that he has played in the G League, with the way that he looks, with the way that Denver's roster is already constructed, at least getting him a two-way spot makes a lot of sense. I'm not sure what Denver's going to do. They have 15 fully guaranteed contracts. But I do think that Davon Reed or a player like him makes a lot of sense. And if you've got Davon Reed, who's on an Exhibit 10, if I'm not mistaken, which means that he's tied to Denver a little bit, you might as well take a chance on your guy. Because you clearly believed in him enough to give him a little bit of a boost. I hope that you give him the opportunity to showcase that for real. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I will be back on Monday with an episode recording that on Sunday night. We'll kind of set up the rest of the week, set up the rest of the road trip, see how that's going. And then we can sort of figure out where the Nuggets are going to go from here. Really excited for it. Should be fun. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Talk to you guys very soon.